1: Coach fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday. It's been a minute since we talked to you. That's what the kids say these days, I think. I uh, did a show last week with uh, Dan Weber on Sunday, and now we're back with Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Sorry for the uh, little time off there. I was actually in Hawaii covering the Polynesian Bowl, so it was hard to do a show from there. So I'm back in town, back in my studio, and we wanted to get Coach Harvey Hyde on the Line, since we hit a brief hiatus, we gave him a week off, and uh, now he's back. Ripper and ready to go. If you have any podcast questions for us, podcast at uscfootball.com. That's our email address, or you can call us or text us, 424-254-9141. Please subscribe on iTunes. We're on iTunes.com slash Podcast, or wherever your podcasting app is, you should be able to find us. If you can't, let me know. Email me, podcasts at com. We'll make sure we get listed on your favorite podcasting app. All right, well, let's bring in the coach, Coach Harvey Hyde. Happy Sunday. Happy Championship Sunday if you're an NFL fan. Uh, what's going on, Coach?
2: Well, another great day. I'll tell you, uh, I love this weekend and uh, Championship Football weekend because you get actually two Super Bowls. I really do. It's exciting. Uh, teams are playing at the very best. You're playing hurt. You're you know, there's no tomorrow. You've reached this point. You're one game away from, you know, almost like saying, uh, you're one game away from going to the national championship game where these guys are one game away from going to the Super Bowl. These are dreams that come true. I don't like bye weeks. I had a bye last week, but uh, we're back and I'm ready to play. And, uh, Let's get started. I want to say to everyone out there, thank you for joining us again, and thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate your participation.
1: We really do, and we keep these rolling throughout the offseason. we still got a ton of questions, which is great. We love all that. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you got to see this, Coach, so I found something on Twitter. I don't usually like to watch longer videos on Twitter. It's like a four-minute video put out by CBS. And as far as NFL production goes, I love the Fox team. Uh, more than the CBS team, but CBS did an amazing job on their promo, like a teaser for the AFC Championship game with John Malkovich doing it. And it's like it's a great—you have to watch the video. It's like four minutes long; certainly worth your time. It will fire you up for the game if you're not fired up already. So go check it out. Even if you know if you're listening to this after the game, go go find it on Twitter. CBS tweeted it out. Um, it was pretty special. Uh, before we jump into everything, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. Do you need tickets? You want to go to that AFC Championship game? You don't got, you don't got a lot of time, but you can go to sctickets.com, and they can hook you up or give them a call, 1-800-888-7287. Tell Curtis that Harvey Hyde sent you. He might increase the price a little bit if you said, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, Curtis, <laughs> Curtis loves Harvey. Um, so drop Harvey Hyde's name. It can't hurt. Uh, give him a call. Like I said, 800-888-7287 or go to sctickets.com. Dot com. Not just sporting events, you can get like stuff to, you know, tickets to the theater. If you want to go to a concert, all that kind of stuff, you can get on tickets.com. All right, coach. Um, so we took the, we had to do the bye week last week. I got a really, uh, I mean, it was an unfortunate uh, text message, I guess, to the uh, Peristyle Podcast text line. That was, it saddened me. And I, I let you know, and I know it was, you know, saddened for you too. But I got, so I, here's, I'll read the text for you. He said, hi, all. My name is Anthony Duncan. My father is, quote, Ed in the high desert. He is a regular caller into the podcast and a diehard USC fan. Your show and playing his messages has become a very important part of his life. I'm messaging you to let you know that dad passed away this past Saturday. He died peacefully at home and fully decked out in his USC gear. I just wanted to take a second and thank you all for playing his messages. It's become a real important part of his life. I love you guys for that. Thank you for what you did for my dad. Fight on USC. Um, Anthony, thanks so much uh, for that. Um, I mean, it was really sad, obviously, to hear. You know, Ed's been a longtime caller, and uh, we love playing his, uh, his messages. And the fact that we were a big, you know, important part of his life, that he could hear him on the podcast, and that, that brought him joy, that, that makes me happy. Uh, but certainly sorry to hear him go. Uh, and then I got a follow-up uh, from uh, Jeff, uh, who's uh, you know USC fan that I've known for a while. He said, I went to Ed's memorial service today in the high desert during his daughter's eulogy. She referenced Ryan Abraham and Coach Hyde from USCfootball.com as something her dad looked forward to every week. That was nice of her to do that. Just wanted to let you know, Ed would have been 84 on the 29th. Uh, Ryan, you and your site touch many people and we all appreciate the hard work that's thank you so much jeff and uh thanks anthony for letting us know um i think jeff originally informed me that ed had passed away and then anthony texted and let us know too so um anthony jeff thanks so much for letting us know and, and we're certainly sorry for your loss
2: uh <clears throat> you know it so it of chokes me up i'll, I'll tell you um uh, we have those type of listeners, and I want to thank all of you out there, Ed uh, and his family. We want to pass on our condolences, and if you'd have let me know, and I'm sure Ryan feels the same way, that he was such a dedicated listener, I'm. I tell you how to call him, and, and spoke with him. Uh, I didn't, you know, I don't know these situations, but I'm that type of guy. I'm a people person, and uh, guys that are like that, and Trojans that are like that and followers uh, i love to know those things sometimes in advance ryan i don't know if you feel that way but uh, uh i appreciate those kind words and if we are in any way able to help him in any way enjoy usc football or usc in any way uh it's our pleasure and i uh, hope he rests comfortably and again uh, fight on
1: yeah fight on ed and uh that was great. I, I mean, obviously super sad um, you know Ed passed away. But it does, you know, it brings you joy that you know that during the last, you know, I guess he's been writing in for a couple of years or calling in for a couple of years, uh, that we, we brought him more joy. And, and it was something that he looked forward to and hearing his name on the podcast and stuff. So, um, it, you know, just, it's you don't realize how many people you touch, you know, uh, when you do these kind of things. And there's so many fans out there and for the, the loud mouth message board fan who thinks that they're the end all and that they're the whole world. There's for every, you know, fan that you hear a lot from there's, um, you know, 10 or 20 that you'd hear from. And I'm not calling Ed a loudmouth fan mostly for the message board stuff, but there's just so many people that are lurking out there that just kind of listen or read to what we say or what we do and what we write. And, um, it's, you, they're there and then we run into them in the airport or wherever uh, they're like oh I've been listening for a long time and you've never seen them before or heard from them before so I'm glad we at least got to hear from from Ed and uh, I know he lo- really enjoyed writing in he was very loyal uh, from doing that and it was you know it was nice for everyone to kind of let us know so we wanted to pay a little tribute to uh, Ed in the high desert uh, unfortunately we won't have any more questions from him but his uh, memories on the Peristyle podcast will certainly live on
2: Well, you know, if you could find one of those and play it, Ryan, we'll re-answer it again for him, for his family.
1: Yeah, I'll have to, okay, so that'll take a little work. I'll go dig them up. Um, If there's, if anyone out there, some past episodes, if there's a favorite Ed in the High Desert question um, that you have, let me know which episode and I'll just pull it from that and we can play it on the next show. Um, Good,
2: that way they can have something with his voice on it and our voice talking to him directly.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. And up there in heaven somewhere, we could uh, answer his question one more time. Um, Well, we want to get into some news, Coach, around the USC football program. Uh, It's been rather quiet out of USC uh, since the um, Cotton Bowl, there were there was no media availability for Clay Helton, so we you know people have asked us questions. They want to know what's going on, and we've made requests to uh, have a press conference or anything, and there's nothing planned. So, um, th- but we did get a, a news release uh, yesterday uh, making things official. Now we've heard the, who the hires are going to be. There was reports that these guys were hired, but USC made it official yesterday. So um, Brian Ellis, who took tyson helton's quarterback coaching job spot for the cotton bowl after tyson helton left for tennessee to become the offensive coordinator brian ellis was promoted he was an offensive quality control assistant um and he played quarterback at uab he was a he's been a full time position coach for one year he was a wide receivers coach at western kentucky you know played for Neil Calloway, uh, connections with Tyson Helton and Clay, all the, you know, the whole, the whole Helton kind of crew. So he was brought on as a quality control assistant and they promoted him to quarterback coach for the Cotton Bowl. We asked Clay Helton if there was a chance he could get the full-time job and he said definitely. And as of, you know, made it official yesterday, he is now the full-time quarterback coach for USC. And then Kiri Colbert, um, so he was replacing Tyson Helton uh, the NCAA now allows a 10th full time assistant, and Kiri Colbert is going to get that. He was also a quality control assistant for the USC offense, uh, helping out with tight ends. He is now the tight ends coach and inside receivers uh, coach. I don't remember USC splitting up receiving coaching duties ever. Um, and, you know, mostly, I think now a lot of teams do that. Uh, like when I was covering Fresno State because uh, they got the you know there's four wide receivers all the time when you're running a spread so there's inside guys and outside guys so he's his job title includes inside receivers and um, tight ends he's helped with the tight ends before uh, he's now a full time assistant uh, at USC of course he played at USC he was a, a an analyst at Alabama for a couple years so maybe get some of that Nick Saban stuff rubbing off on him but. Uh, two internal hires, and there's still one left. Uh, USC needs to replace Dylan McCullough, the running back coach. So, no announcement, uh, or no. We've heard nothing really about who they're going to get for that. But um, any thoughts, coach? It's a lot of the fans kind of panned this because they're both internal hires. I mean, both could end up being really good coaches. I just think fans were were looking for something a little bit bigger uh, than internal hires, you know, promoting your. Quality control assistance,
2: and uh, let's don't forget to mention the multi-year contract. Uh, I don't know what it is or oh. for how much, but T. Martin got.
1: Yes, yes. So T. Martin, that that was a, that's another big. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out, Coach. So that's that's one thing we've we've seen. Uh, he announced and, and they tweeted it out. So yeah, so T. Martin gets an extension, so he'll be sticking around after he interviewed for a couple of different jobs uh, during the off season.
2: Well, how much time do I have?
1: As much as you want, Coach, we're here.
2: All right, well, let's start from the beginning here. First of all, if I'm the head football coach at USC, I want to highlight my coaching staff as uh, much as as I can as far as with quality names and quality people that surround me. And I want to be the forefront of that. The program is me as far as I take the hits and I take the supposed glory when there is that. And I pass it among my staff. So I want to make sure that I have the best surrounding cast I can have around me because I can't do it all, especially as a head football coach. And I would become very concerned. I want my coaches to have the very best of whatever we have on our staff, but I'd be very concerned when an assistant coach gets a new extension for multi, multi-year multi contract And me as a head football coach hasn't been mentioned as me getting one, and we've had uh, back-to-back 10, 3, 11, 3 seasons, and the offensive coordinator, which has, you know, the offense has struggled somewhat and been criticized somewhat by us and as many other people, and for many different reasons, and who knows why, and we've tried to point it out, it's a multi-year contract. So that would concern me as a head football coach, and there's been no explanation on what the situation my position is, or the head football coach, because when you go recruiting, you go recruiting, you say, I just got an extension, everything's cool. You don't go and say, my offensive coordinator got an extension, but I didn't. So I would think that if there is going to be an extension given, you better get out and get it done immediately. So that would concern me, was I would say, why would I have a guy on my staff that has longer, a longer contract than I do, or equal? That's the first thing that concerns me. Number two, it's getting to be somewhat of a Western Kentucky cult. What I mean by that, uh, you've got Western Kentucky everywhere. You lose a guy from uh Ty Elton goes away, you get another Western Kentucky guy. You got your head coach, Western Kentucky, you got your offensive line coach, Western Kentucky, and there's a the guy that played for Callaway. So who's making the calls there? I'm not quite sure obviously i don't know brian ellis he could be a tremendous coach and i certainly hope he is but he's going to coach one of the top high school football players in america and daniels coming in and again i'd worry a little bit about that hire unless there's a great relationship there with daniels saying does daniels want ellis to coach him i mean i'm not quite sure but you want to get better or would you rather have a name that has done it with maybe other people uh who might be out there. So I'm not saying he isn't a great kid and he can't get it done. I'm just saying this is what I look at as a parent. This is what I look at as a coach. And since the question was asked, this is what I'm talking about. Also, I would wonder, I need more SC strength, more SC coaches, SC players on my coaching staff. Right now, Kerry Colbert, I think that was a great hire because I understand he's a great recruiter. I understand he's out there recruiting. When I talk to coaches and people out there that know what's going on, there's about two or three great recruiters on USC staff, and then there's some that don't do any. So you need to get, when I see any, I mean, yeah, they'll make a phone call, okay? Or maybe leave the office occasionally, or whatever. I'm talking about recruiters, man. I'm talking about guys that don't sleep. I'm talking about guys that hit as many schools and home visits as they can do, and as a head football coach, take me everywhere, wear me out. So I think Carrick colbus is that type of guy. He's got the experience. He's a Trojan. I think he can could, he could recruit. So I like that hire. I think that's a good hire, but you've got a Trojan, too, on the staff that when someone walks on the field, he recognizes who he is, if it's a Ron Yeri or a Brad Buddy. And I'm not saying other coaches don't know who they are, But you need to have relationships with the past alumni. You've got to be able to bring the guys back, the old guys back, the old alumni guys back, the guys that remember those type of guys and want that type of program. So when you hire a coach, you've got to hire a coach for a lot of reasons, not just because you like him or he fits or he's been around. So I think it's very important that you do that type of hiring. Now, the running back coach, I have no idea who he has in mind, But I sure as heck hope it's somebody that can recruit and coach, not just a name. And I hope he's from the West Coast somewhere where he has ties to the West Coast. So when you tell him to get on the 605 and take the 605 to the 210 and take the 210 East, he knows where that is. He doesn't have to get a road map. Or when he walks into a high school office, they don't even recognize him or know who he is unless he has a USC shirt on and then they have to ask him his name. I think it's really important that you do uh, and get quality people as far as on all areas of the football. In the secondary, on the defensive line, you've got to overcome a lot of youth that you have on your coaching staff with quality guys that have been there with the lights on and know what they're doing. Because as a head football coach, you can't get out and do all these things. You've got to have guys that have done it. uh, Guys that have worked with Nick Saban, you take Lane Kiffin. He's 100 times a better football coach right now than he was before he went to Alabama. He knows how championship teams do it. He's learned so much as far as how to handle his staff and how to grow up. Steve Sarkeesian, the same, by just hanging out there with Nick Saban on how to practice and how to utilize your coaches, how to recruit how to win. So you've got to bring guys up to know how to win and bring in things from other programs that they can feed you the information that championship teams do. So I'm hoping this is what Coach Clay Helton is doing. I like Coach Clay Helton, but you've got to be able to remember everybody's trying to beat you. Across town, they're giving a guy a $23 million contract. They're bringing in coaches that are quality coaches that he's hand-picking everywhere. Not guys that have not coached before, but guys that have coached before, guys he's had at Oregon before. you got to compete with this. So unless you keep that level of quality up and you're willing to pay for your assistant coaches, because assistant coaches now are expected to get paid, but they have that choice to go somewhere and get paid. not their fault. It's because people are willing to do that. Is USC willing to do that? Or are they hiring younger coaches, because they can get them cheaper. I'm not sure, but I'm just throwing that out to everyone out there so you're prepared to understand how this works. USC doesn't have to announce being a private school on how much they're paying anybody. But uh, these are the things, when I'm asked the questions, I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the quality of staff that USC has and the number of USC coaches they have and the tradition that's been there. And now, right now, uh, I don't think they intimidate anybody uh, when they come into the Coliseum to play them.
1: And it's hard, Coach, because um, you know I talked to Brian Ellis before the bowl game. Seems like a really sharp kid. Um, I mean, he's young; he's like twenty-nine years old. And I'm sorry, I call him a kid, but I'm forty-seven, so he's a kid to me. Um, but uh, you know, and and Keira Colbert, I've known for a long time. It's I think in a vacuum, like either one of those hires would be fine, especially with you know former player and stuff like that, but. Like you said it's been it's kind of a trend and the last assistant coaching hire was the one time that USC went outside of the family outside of the comfort zone and brought in Dylan McCullough, and he was he was great you know and yeah you lost him after a year but you know the running backs didn't fumble they they ran they ran through trash as Dylan like to say I mean that was a really good hire and I think a lot of the fans were like let's see uh, let's see Clay Helton do that. And and you see a team like Ohio state, um, their 10th assistant, they didn't promote a quality control assistant. They went out and hired Washington state's defensive coordinator, you know, like, so that's the kind of moves that I think USC would like to see. And it's unfortunate because, you know, Brian Ellison and, and Kerry Culver might end up being tremendous coaches, but because of the, I guess the inexperience on the staff, uh, they'd like to see USC go out and, and make some bigger moves. Um, But you mentioned former players. We have this question, Coach, and we'll we'll keep talking about this. We have a couple coaching questions, uh, voicemail, but I'll play this one for you. Here's a former player that someone's suggesting.
0: Hi, this is Richard from Toluca Lake. Uh, This is both for Ryan and the coach. Uh, Now that we no longer have a running back coach, uh, do you guys feel that it is imperative that not only do we get a name running back coach but one that can also recruit? Because quite honestly, there is nobody on the staff at the moment that can go out and recruit. With that in mind, this is a novice question for Coach Hyde. I'm wondering if it would be any good to bring on somebody or even ask somebody like a Carson Palmer to come in as a volunteer assistant. He would certainly have credence as a Heisman Trophy winner. He would also bring credence as far as recruiting concerned. It's just a thought, but guys, we need some name coaches, and again, we need to go out and recruit offensive linemen that can do something i don't need more wide receivers love the program and fight on thanks a lot bye
2: well thank you very much i agree with everything you say uh i know there's some top recruits out there and they're getting more receivers but that's uh you know you can only play so many receivers and uh i think uh they start to get uh, a little uh, discontented when they're not playing uh, they lost Bryce Butler a few years ago, and I can name you other ones that are now starting in the NFL that never could play at USC. How about Cameron? I think he uh, tied in. I think he caught two passes his senior year at USC. You know, you got to get talent, but you've got to play your talent, and it's got to fit what you're doing. I agree 100% on who they get at as far as the running back coach. We talked about that a moment ago. you got to have somebody that can recruit, okay, and has respect. And, uh, and is known nationally, and who can pick up the phone and call people and find out who's hot in that area. Or what do you think about this guy? And uh, they say, We take this guy, or we're going to take him. Why don't you offer him? You've got to be able, it's almost like the NFL. I tell you, when we recruited, we talked to either with the other schools on comparison of notes and what you think, and who do you think is going where, and why. And, and you've got to have somebody that's been there, man you got to have somebody that's got ties and knows how to recruit and knows how to identify who the person is that's going to make the decision. I used to be able to identify that it was the equipment man that this kid was going to go to and sit down and talk to and say, where should I go, Pop? And the and the, and the guy would sit down and talk. Because a lot of times these kids don't know who to talk to. And sometimes it's at their girlfriend. Well, you got to have a mature guy that can do more than talk in a, in a, in a language that uh, uh, is just because he understands him in the slangs that are used. You've got to have a man and a father image sometimes talk to the parents and talk to the, the mother and say, hey, I'm going to take care of this kid. And that mother has a lot of faith in you in doing that. That happened with me with Terrell Davis as far as when he didn't have anywhere to go and this and that uh, and the equipment man. Was the guy that made the decision down at Lincoln High School. I, I agree. You've got to have someone that uh, is mature. you got to have, can't be afraid of having great coaches around you. And like I've talked before, you've heard me say, why not have Norm Chow as a consultant? Norm lives in Southern California. He would love to come in. Now he can't because he's got something else, I think, online doing. But come in and sit on the game plans or be in recruiting meetings or uh, that type of stuff. Or Carson Palmer, like you met, uh, said, you know, kids want to meet people like this. And not only that, it's a great feeling to say, hey, this, kid went to, this, this guy went to USC too. Hey, you can't surround yourself with enough great talent on the field and in the administrative offices and at the recruiting coordinator spot. And can these people make the determination on what – and how to forecast an athlete and what's gonna happen and can they pick up the phone and when you call a coach, the coach says, Coach, how you doing? I remember seeing you here and the it's important. Relationships. Relationships. You need people from Southern California on your staff. It's all connections, relationships and it doesn't hurt once in a while while to hire a great high school coach or hire a great community college coach. But then the communities And the coaches know that maybe someday if I send some players to USC, I also might be able to be considered for a job or a graduate assistantship or something. So that's all part of the public relations that goes on. And really, uh, today, it's not only the university you're going to, it's who you like and who your contact is and who your coach is.
1: That's a great segue to our next question, Coach. Uh, This is Frank in Fresno who – He's called it a bunch of times. We couldn't he called a bunch in a row. But uh, this was an interesting point. I think it's probably more for the support staff roles, but I think that's something USC needs to expand tremendously. But I'll play this for you and get your thoughts.
3: Hi, this is Frank uh Bresno. Longtime Trojan fan, of course. Hey, I got to thinking about some of the things you guys were talking about on the podcast about uh personnel or better staff or better coach however you want to spin it, but why doesn't USC maybe they do, I don't I don't know. Of course none of us listening really know what goes on behind the scenes, but why don't we chase that top talent uh coaching um as far as the high school ranks or college ranks, but what about um looking at uh the guys from De La Salle? Why not the guys from modern day, uh their football program or even I M G Academy out in Florida. Um there could be a diamond in the rough. There could be that guy that, that USC could bring on staff. Uh, some of those guys that have been with those programs long-term and obviously have uh, huge success rates. Uh, anyway, just thought I'd throw that out, you guys. Thanks.
2: No, I think it's a great, great question. I know when you put your staff together, you try to get somebody from all the different areas so you have contacts immediately. I remember when I hired my staff at UNLV, the first thing I did was go to the top weight and conditioning program in the country, and that was Nebraska with Boyd Ipley. He had just written a book. Uh, they had a major there in strength and conditioning. I went there and asked him who his top student was, who was the guy's his top graduate assistant, who would be a great strength coach, and he told me his name, Tim Wilson, and immediately I hired him because he had the strongest team in America, and they were winning national championships. So whatever they were doing in the in the strength and conditioning room, I wanted in our strength and conditioning room. And people knew about Nebraska. Kids have heard about Nebraska. So I wanted that in our waiting uh, room. And, again, I went out and hired the top community college coach in the country. Hired uh, Greg Mons from Ventura College and, and Ronnie Mims from L.A. Southwest. Ronnie had played for me. I wanted community college contacts so we could tie up the community colleges in California you want to be able to do that, Uh graduate uh, assistant I brought in from Crescenta Valley High School, who knew a lot of people, who was willing to come in and work on his master's degree. Brought in a guy from St. Mary's uh, for a graduate assistant, because I wanted to tie up Northern California. It's very, very important that you, uh, you acknowledge all areas of coaching. Brought in the Arizona State, Greg Mons, uh, recruiting coordinator. Uh, Frank Cush had just been uh, terminated, so I wanted to make sure that I had somebody that knew how to recruit Southern California in great speed and great athletes and the type of athletes that Frank Cush used to get burners, man. And then I wanted to play great defense, and at Arizona State they played great defense with Frank Cush, so I brought in Bob Owens as my defensive coordinator who was the interim head coach for uh, Arizona State uh, for that year. So I wanted to surround myself Uh, with guys who had recruited Southern California, guys who had recruited Texas. So I brought in a guy that had coached with me at Hawaii. Uh, He was then at uh, the offensive offensive line coach at Utah. Before that, he was at Texas Tech. So he knew Texas. He knew what was going on in Texas. He knew all the coaches in Texas. So when I sent him to Texas, he was down there, and he knew who to walk in, and they all knew him. They called him Alley Cat. And it was great to do that. So it's so important to be able to have those type of talented people around you where well, you don't have to teach them all. You want them to come in and you want them to add to what you know as far as how they did it in Utah, how they did it at Texas Tech, how they did it at Arizona State, how they did it in these different areas. And then, of course, you have your philosophy and you take what you need to take from all these different areas. Like I would want to hire somebody from Alabama. How does Saban do this? I'd want to hire somebody from probably Ohio State if I need, a recruiting person, a young guy, give him a graduate assistantship. How do they do it under Urban Meyer? I want to know these type of things and add it to our staff with the quality and loyalty means so much today. Loyalty in your staff and guys that uh, want to come in, and I want guys that want to be head football coaches, not guys that are just coming and never will be head football coaches. I want everybody... On my staff to be potentially a head football coach, and that's what you ask yourself: Do you have that on the staff that you currently have at USC?
1: One more question, Tom. Excuse me, Tom from Torrance. Uh, One more question about coaching. I mean, I think there's the last one. Uh, Oh no, there. Well, uh, okay. Maybit in Ontario wanted to know who you'd pick as a replacement for Dylan McCullough. We kind of talked about. Uh, that already so thanks Mavit for that but the Tom and Torrance said uh, confident and self-assured coaches hire other coaches that have the experience and knowledge to win games they're not afraid uh, of them to take their jobs this is the opposite of Clay Helton he does not have the confidence in himself to do that he only hires his brother and uncle or some inexperienced young coaches this will fire back on him especially since since sam is gone next year need your thoughts thanks i enjoy the podcast keep up the good work tom from torrance
2: well i think i think that's that's true uh we did we talk about that all the time okay you can't be intimidated on who surrounds you you want the best coaches in america you know in the southeastern conference they're paying their assistant coaches a million and a half to two million dollars those guys are pretty good coaches how about kirby smart he's a disciple of nick saban he does exactly what nick saban does he goes to he goes over to georgia he puts in the same program there not that mark rich couldn't do a great job but uh you know he he's doing it the way nick saban does and immediately he's a he's uh, the number one recruiting class in the country also so you know you you want people from uh, areas and around you and he's a, he said he was a potential head football coach and all the other great coaches that he's had there and every other place and some of these other coaches have had, you want those people around you. You want to be able to say, hey, hey Dick, uh, you've played at Utah before. How did you go there? Where did you stay? Uh, What did you do? What type of turf is it? Do you like the turf? What type of shoes? You know, these are the type of things you want to know. You want to be able to know it in advance. You want to say, hey, when you travel down there – uh, did you ever go as a short distance? Did you ever take that by bus or did you fly? You want to be able to have conversations. You don't want to go to a kid. Kid doesn't know. Kid's never done it. He's there to learn from you. I want to be able to call in my defensive coordinator and say, hey, tell me now, you've got this kid. Is this kid going to grow up to be a player or not? And what's your thoughts? You've been around. You've coached this linebacker and that linebacker. Does this kid compare with him? A kid doesn't know. He's never coached anybody. I mean, not that he can't recognize talent. Or you want to be able to have an older guy with an image that doesn't talk jive, but puts his arm around a kid and says, come into my office. He sits down and says, son, what's bothering you? Tell me about it. Is everything at home? Good? Let's call home. He knows and recognizes something, something's wrong, and he wants to motivate this kid, and he wants to love this kid, and he wants this kid to know that he cares about it. You've got to have that from experience you know not just because you listen to the same band so there's a lot of things you got to have and I'm not saying you don't need that also and some of your younger aggressive coaches that that uh, more or less uh, communicate with kids but you've got to have a lot of experience around you when you're in the type of coaching position as USC because t- today people expect a lot and right now there's getting to be a big separation between the Pac-12 the Southeastern Conference, the Big Ten, and the ACC. It's starting to separate it. And if you look, San Diego State beats Arizona State and Stanford. Boise State beat Oregon. I mean, hey, wait a minute here. What's happening? So uh, everybody better take a look at that. One and eight in bowl games? Tommy, is that something to be proud about?
1: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um Okay, so that's kind of the coaching talk uh, we had. Let's see. Let, uh, Tarek had a few questions. We've got to go through these kind of quickly. If you were the athletic director at USC, would you give Clay Helton an extension now based on what he's accomplished, or would you wait to see how 2018 turns out now that Sam Darnold will not be around to save Helton a second time? Oh, so Tarek feels well, let, Sam let, Darnold saved Let
2: him. me ask you, first of all, so everyone knows. Do you know what his contract is, how long it's for?
1: I mean, we, the, I was told, I mean, no one, they didn't have announce anything. I think there was three years that were guaranteed. So this would be the last year, but there was like a couple years on top of that potential. Um, but that, that's, but we don't know for sure.
2: Okay, good. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead with the question.
1: No, no, that was it. Like, do you, do you think, um, do you think that, uh, I'm sorry, he's, he was talking about, um, do you think if you were the athletic director, would you give him an extension?
2: Well, uh, you know, this is what your job is—to make big decisions. Uh, you're getting paid two or whatever you are a million dollars a year to understand how to run an athlete department and what's necessary to stimulate and recruit and uh, make your athlete department uh, successful. Uh, sometimes I wonder what's what's going on in the athlete department. You know, when when they hire uh, nothing. I don't want to get into that, but uh, you either are on board or you're not, okay? You can't be wishy-washy. You're coming out and you're endorsing him and signing him to a contract, and inside that contract you can put any type of language you want, okay? You can put in there and no one reads the contract and you say, uh, Clay Helton given a three-year extension, but inside the contract you have all these written clauses to give you an out, okay? But nobody sees that. Nobody knows that. So, But you've got to show, if he's going to be your head football coach, you've got to show support from the entire university. It can't be, oh, he's not the guy to get it done or we're not going to do it. And it starts at the top. You've got to be able to support him. You can't be able to just say, well, we're going to wait and see. What do you mean you're going to wait and see? You are or you aren't. Don't play that middle guy. That's easy to do and you go nowhere. So if Coach uh, Swan is listening or Len Swan is listening, you know what I'm talking about, buddy. You've been around a long time. you got a feeling, a gut feeling, what you're thinking about. But that doesn't mean that you can't support your head football coach and come out and be a strong supporter so the guy has a chance to win. So, you know, you've got to come out and support him so the guy has a chance to win. This wishy-washy stuff doesn't get it done. You don't give assistant coaches extensions when you don't give the head coach extensions support the man don't sit back and just wait to see what happens because if you sit sit back and see what happens you know what's going to happen and if you want to make a change make a change if you don't want to make a change and support this guy if you still want to wait and see what's going to happen support this guy so uh that's how i feel on that and And I think that if you sit back and you're wishy-washy, then your team's wishy-washy and your recruiting's wishy-washy and your assistants are wishy-washy and everything else.
1: We don't want a wishy-washy program, Coach. Um, Tarek went on to say, could it be the case that the reason 2016 looked as successful was because there was no real expectations while 2017 had high expectations? What do you think, Coach?
2: Yeah, I do. I do. I think whenever, you, whenever you're whenever you predicted uh, to win big, you, you never win enough. And when you're not expected to win that much and you win big, you did a great job. That's one thing about recruiting. Whenever you have a number one class, a number one class, a number one class, where everybody expects you to win big, 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 big. You have a number five class, a number four class, a number six class, and you win big, you're a great coach. Hey, when you have great players, people think uh, they don't need great coaches, but it is a combination. So, yeah, when you're predicted and all the preseason magazines think you should do this and you do that, and you have a Heisman Trophy candidate and all of this and that, and you you don't perform up to what everyone expects you to perform, then of course, yeah, there's that question. But uh, again. Uh, Your coach of the year, I think he was coach of the year two years ago. This year, he wasn't coach of the year, and he won the Pac-12. So what's that tell you?
1: Yeah, and I think it's when you won, too. When you you start one and three, and then win your last nine, you're building on, you know, uh, you you have that the rough patch, and then you build on it, and you win 13 games in a row. But USC lost games later. They lost in the bowl game. They got blown out by the powerful team. So certainly – and, you know, if you just look at the final rankings, you know, USC wasn't ranked in the top five at the end like they were in 2016. So that's part of it, too. Um, exactly. They yeah.
2: finished number third in the nation uh, two years ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tarek, yeah. kind I mean, of.
2: Yeah, uh, it's all that stuff, man. It's all that stuff. And then, you, you know, your question about preparation and how you prepare and how you practice. People that go to practice, you know, they the guys that have been around football know football. And they don't just stand there and, you know, just talk, they talk about you know, with each other uh, and share thoughts and and everything else and how many days you use and how much you hit and this and that. All these things are evaluated. But go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt
1: you. No, that's okay. Tarek's last thing was, even though the Trojans lost several key starters, shouldn't a reasonable expectation still be the Pac-12 championship for for next year, for 2018? I I agree 100%. I mean – USC is still the most talented team in the conference, and the, the PAC, there's five coaching turnovers in the Pac-12. Yes, you lose Sam Darnold and some key offensive players, but the expectation should be winning the Pac-12 championship. What do you think, Coach?
2: Well, I, I always started coaching and felt like I had to have players to, to win a Pac-12 championship or any championship, no matter what level you're on if you don't start with that belief when you immediately start the season or preparation for the season, which is now in your opening game through your second game and third game, which is going to be quite a challenge at Stanford with uh, Costello back and Bryce Love back and that going up there with a young quarterback. Uh, Yeah, you better start thinking big. If you don't think big time, you're never going to be big time. And so you better have a big-time program, think big-time, dress big-time, travel big-time, practice big-time. Everything you do in your program's got to be big-time, and it can't be me and team. It's got to be team and me in uniform and sideline control and everything you do. Otherwise, everybody's trying to win. So it's not like, you know, USC's the only team that's trying to win. They're all trying to win. So you better be a little bit better in every area than everybody else, too. So, yeah, I would say that every single year, USC should be there to win the Pac-12. But you know what's happening now in the Pac-12? Everybody's thinking they can win the Pac-12. Yeah. It it isn't any longer, uh, you got to beat USC to win the Pac-12. No, that's not the way it was. A couple years ago, you got to beat Oregon to win the Pac-12. No, that's not the way it is. So it's not like USC is a dominant horse, man. Today, uh, you got to coach him up. Today, you got to be better. Today, there's, there's a lot of things. But when you ever look at the schedule, whenever you look at the recruiting, whenever you look at the tradition, and whenever you look at how, who went to the Rose Bowl more than anybody else, who's got more players in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame than anybody else, when you ever look at all of that, what school is it? USC. So there's no reason to change why they shouldn't be the same. And that's what people are talking about. How have we allowed ourselves to drop by, back down, when we're not the dominant horse? Now, of course, they went through the sanctions. Don't get me wrong. But they're getting players or any player they can now, and they've got their numbers back, so there's no real excuses. If you made mistakes in recruiting, that's your fault. Not the kid's fault. It's your fault, because you're the one that offered the scholarship. If you don't have the quality of coaches, that's your fault. Now, it's not your fault if you're not getting the support from the administration, the necessary things you need to win. That's someone else's fault, okay? So that's what we were back to a while ago when we were talking about the support from the administration of the top down.
1: All right, we've got a few more. We'll let you go. We'll get will get you on your championship uh, Sunday. We had a text message from Montgomery and San Dimas. He said, hey, Harvey, if you have a two-back offense, four backs get the play right. Uh, That's a positive for recruiting.
2: No, it is. It's positive for recruiting. And uh, I think always uh, it's great to be able to run the football. And you can do a lot more with two backs than you can with one back. It just makes sense, especially when your quarterback can't run. What I mean by that, he's not considered a running back or a threat for the defense. So it just makes sense to me just makes sense that you do uh, get your best players on the field, especially when your running backs have hands and can catch the ball, because he is another receiver. So why not have two running backs? Why would you have four receivers or whatever you're doing without and not two running backs? It makes no sense to me, especially when they're great running backs. Hey, Ronald Jones had great hands. Can you imagine him now when he's not uh, having the pass block, going out in the route and and then getting matched up either with a safety or with a linebacker trying to cover him ridiculous it's it's a mismatch in most situations to me i just think it just it's such a great better opportunity when you have guys that can run the football and you can iso and run blocks and have lead blocks and greater pass protections and uh, also i think it's great too to have a, a tight end That intimidates people right now by being 6'7", 265 pounds. It comes off the line of scrimmage with two running backs. And is a mismatch for any outside linebacker. You can get block downs, double teams, clear out the pass, go down on linebackers, outside release, uh, put him in the slot, where it's a mismatch. I mean, I don't understand why you don't get these type of players and play these type. Not that USC doesn't have talent. But if you're going to have a tight end, a tight end means a tight end is supposed to be one of the best athletes on your team, which means uh, in the NFL, who are they always looking for? Tight ends, tight ends, tight ends. Tight ends got uh, mismatch everybody else. Well, you, you can't just have a big receiver and then ask him to block Bosa from Ohio State man on man. Are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, what type of blocking scheme is that, really?
1: Are you asking me? I don't know.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I don't need to know either because because with two backs, you can chip off or send yeah. one on and help the tight end block him. You know what I mean? You yeah. can do so many different things. Or Everybody blocks area. Everybody blocks to the right. Two backs go to the left. If there's not two guys coming, the other back's free to go out in a route. There's just so many different things you can do with two backs that you can't do with one back. Yeah.
1: Um, we got two last questions, both kind of having to do with the national championship game. Uh, Mark, I would like Coach Hyde to answer the following question. Does USC have even one player that would start ahead of any of the 44 starters in the national championship game? Uh, yes, they they would. But what do you think, Coach?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, they they they, they would. Uh, I mean, uh, it's hard for me to think back now. But Sam Darnold, I think, would yeah. start. I liked Sam Darn's a better no quarterback
1: kidding. than whatever was on the field there. Yeah, so no, no, no question no. about it.
2: No, no. Uh, uh, I think Ronald Jones is, is a pretty good back. Not that uh, I think he could play anywhere. I think Ronald Jones is one of the best running backs in the country.
1: Uh, both those teams had some, some great running backs. You could see Yeah, you know, they that. do,
2: but he's one of them. He, yeah. he could play.
1: It's funny. I was on uh, I was on the sidelines of the Cotton Bowl, and uh, Daniel Jeremiah, our buddy. I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. He's a you know former NFL scout, works for NFL Network. He thought on the defensive side, Ohio State was pretty much better at every position except maybe Uchenna and Wusu. Um, so I think Uchenna would have a, a, a shot there. Um, but on offense, you know, like you know, it wasn't like they have the the receivers. I think USC would have some shots there, but it's. Sam Darnold was definitely the best quarterback of you know, of all those guys. <laughs> so the, there's at least one, Mark.
2: <laughs> you no, know, there's there's a, there's at least one. Was I really think he's that type of player? I think he, I really think he's going to really blossom. Uh, I think uh, he didn't get better this year, which he should have. And I think one of his reasons for leaving, uh, he didn't need to stay. Uh, he didn't see how he would get better. And if you look at all the predictions he's going to be anywhere from one to five in the first round so hey guys let's be honest if it was your son what would you do
1: yeah you get like 20 million dollars guaranteed all right one last thing from tom he said for coach harvey hyde i watched the alabama georgia game i saw freshmen on both sides playing at a highest level and alabama won the game with two freshmen we have great and talented freshman class coming up i wonder if the current usc coaching staff will develop them I have my doubts. What do you think? Thanks for the great work you do. Fight on. Tom.
2: I agree with him. I agree that, I don't know, somehow at USC you've got to prove yourself as a freshman. Uh, uh, I don't know. If you're the best player, you're going to play for me. And I, and I used to tell my team when I used to go recruiting after fall camp, I'd call them in a room, we'd have a meeting, and I'd say, I want you guys to know, and I think I've sold this story before, I'm going out recruiting I'm going to try to put every one of you guys on the bench, Okay. That means we got better. Now, if you allow me to do that because you're not working out and you're not trying to be a better football player, don't blame me. Blame yourself. If I can bring a freshman or a J.C. kid out here, and you've been on our program all this time, and you know the offense, you know the defense, and you know all these things, and I can bring a guy in and beat you out, don't be complaining to me. Look at yourself in the mirror. And if I can go out and get me a freshman that's a better football player and he can start, he's going to play. I'm going to tell you that right now, and the other guy can complain all he wants. Because uh, it's his fault, not mine, and I, I, I and I think that's an obligation to the team. But the team knows who's the best players. The team knows when you're playing favorites. You you telling me the players don't know who the best players are? They cover them every day. They block them every day. They know who the players are. And when you're not playing uh, certain players, uh, then uh, really, uh, hey, you better you better watch yourself, because you're not going to be around long, and you're going to lose that team. You're going to lose the team in the locker room. You're going to lose that team. The library, you're going to lose that team, because that team knows you're not playing the best players, okay? So, yeah, if a freshman can come in and play, he's going to play. And I'm and I i anxious to see, well, you know, let's talk about it ourselves. This past year, how long did it take him to figure out Tyler Vaughn? How long did it take it take him to f- figure out that, uh, that Pittman? How long did it take him to figure out that these guys could play football. Took them half the season. Three or four games. What are you talking about? You know if these guys can play or not. And Lewis, the other receiver that's a freshman, and Grimes is going to be a great player that they burn a redshirt year on. Hey, somebody keep track of this stuff. You can't allow this stuff. Burnett would be back if they hadn't burned his freshman year and put him in for 18 plays. What are you talking about? So, you know, there's a lot of things like this you have to be on top of and aware of, and people have to know what they're doing as far as keeping track of minutes and who's going to play and not going to play uh, during a football season. So, absolutely, I'm going to answer that question right now and tell you if my guy is better than the other guy and he's a freshman, he's going to play because he's going to get better every game too.
1: All right, that's the coach, Harvey Hyde, bringing it after the bye week. Uh, thanks again, coach for coming on and hope you enjoy uh, all the football today.
2: Thank you guys. And again, I want to thank all of you for being a part of the show without you. We don't have a show, Brian. Again, Ryan, again, I want to thank you. And again, you can follow me at coach Harvey Hyde at coach Harvey. Hyde or go to my website, Harvey And again, I want to thank Southern California tickets for the, uh, not sponsorship, but just being a part of this show too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Southern California tickets. Thank you. Thank you coach for coming on again. And uh, one last farewell to uh, Ed in the High Desert. Uh, We're thinking of you. And uh, thanks wherever you are listening to podcasts up in heaven. I hope you're still enjoying the show. All right. Well, that's uh, Coach Harvey Hyde. I am Ryan Abraham, publisher of USCfootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater.
0: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com.